Hello everyone and welcome back to the Cyclocross Social Podcast. Today we're going to be talking about the past month of racing on the road and the mountain bike with most focus on the Super Cycling World Championships taking place in Glasgow and surrounding areas. With me here to do that is Issa. Thank you for being here, Issa. Yes, thank you for having me. Before we get started with the podcast, we would like to dedicate this episode to Magnus White. Our thoughts are with his friends and family. He was a young star taken way too soon. He was killed by a car in an accident a couple of weeks ago, just two weeks ago, when he was preparing to race the mountain bike race here in Glasgow. He was supposed to be there. He was the national champion cyclocross two seasons ago. Great athlete, great individual, taken way too soon. So... We would like to dedicate this podcast to him and still talk about cycling because that's what he loved to do the most. So about that racing, let's start off with the mountain bike races which took place today. The woman raced first, so let's talk about them, Issam. The last time we spoke was just before the tour. Since then, we've had the Valdi Sol World Cup, which was won by Puk Pietersen in quite some fashion once again. That made her the top favorite for the racing today in Glasgow, but... There were just two French riders which were stronger. Pauline Ferrand Prevot was very strong. She took the win ahead of Loana Lecomte. Pietersen struggled even to get that bronze medal, but eventually had the upper hand over Mona Mietenwalner in the final lap. First of all, Issam, a month of no proper international racing before the World Championships? I'm not really a fan of that. It didn't create a build-up like... In those weeks when we had Leongang, Lenzer Heide, Valdi Sol all following each other pretty quickly, I felt like I was getting into a mountain biking flow. I felt like I was learning more personal details about the riders. I obviously know their names, I know who's at the front, but I really felt like I was getting into a bit of a flow like I have with the cyclocross season of just every Sunday or every other Sunday you turn on the TV and watch some mountain biking. Now, not really. It was quite a bit of guessing who's coming in here in what form and that could be one of the reasons why the results is maybe slightly surprising based on the previous season or just the cause of the past season because based on previous season it was kind of expected that Prevost would nail her peak because we've seen it quite a couple of times that the world champion especially on the women's side just perfectly peaks for the world championship and doesn't really feature in the races before. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, it, it, we kind of were f- speculating about it beginning of the season that, you know, a lot of these mountain bike riders knew that the the most important part of their season was going to be at the back end of it after the Worlds and the Worlds itself. So, you know, we knew that th- that there were going to be some riders that were going to try to be as good as possible for the Worlds and then the remainder of the World Cup season. But yeah, it, it, obviously with the results that we had before and the gap in between, it was, you know, the freshest race in our memory was, was fully sold. And, you know, there it was, um, there was clear what happened there. And I guess with that information, you kind of go to, to the World Championships, the European Championships that happened. And, you know, from there as well, you could indicate that, that Peters uh, was the main favorite. Uh, and to be honest, Lecomte and, and Prevost were there or thereabouts but it was still you know we still had a clear favorite and it was quite funny to say but they were you know almost underdogs in a way and I guess with the short track in a way it already kind of showed that Prevost was in a very good form 
And then with the race itself, it was, um, you know, extraordinary to see how Prevost was, was taking the race on. Lecomte as well from the start and, you know, the two rode away and Prevost was then, you know, even a step better than, than Lecomte. Lecomte was very happy with, with second as well. Um, you know, in the end, I think if you look at the start of the season, how that season evolved, definitely deserved third place for, for Peterson. Um, but I think as, I, as she said herself, it was the maximum achievable. She didn't really have the greatest of days, but it, it was maybe only going to be for, for second place. But, you know, first place, Prevost was was flying. She was uh, on a different level today. And, you know, we know that she is capable of doing that. She can really peak towards the race. And it's going to be tough, I guess, for, for Paris, which is... A year from now, but still, it's it's uh, you know that is for most of these riders the main goal next year at um, at the Olympics in Paris. There's still a year for her to make progression, and what she said in the interview was very true. She said, "I didn't have the best day, but at the same time, she also admits to the fact that Prevost is just the master of peaking at the right moment." She said, "Prevost has all the experience; she knows how to do this." I'm still kind of trying to figure out how to maximize my peak at the big day and Peterse in general is not the best rider at championships sure she had that dominant display at Europeans and she has had quite some good results at championships but when the pressure is on I can't help but notice that Peterse just as at Cyclocross Worlds normally is not her true self on those big days when there are expectations when she was racing the short track earlier this week, she didn't have the expectation to win. She said, well, I know I'm not explosive enough. Prevost is better at this. She's been all season. I've not won a single short track. I'm good at it, but I'll just see where I can end up. And she ends up on the podium taking the silver medal. Now the pressure is on on the thing that she's been best at the entire season and I'm not saying she fails to deliver, because if you would have told me at the beginning of the season Puck Peterson takes bronze at the Elite World Championships, I would have said, oh, that's a really, really good result. I would have expected her to be fighting for places 5 to 10. The progress she's made is really significant, and let's compare it to the rider she was fighting last year, Lynn Burquet, a rider who has also been doing cyclocross. She's had a pretty bad season. She struggled. She raced with the Elite rather than the U23s, then raced U23 at Worlds this weekend, but didn't get a top result there. Last year, Bouquet dominated the U23 scene. This year, she, I don't even know if she made the top 10, like she was 10th or 11th, somewhere in that region. It was not a good race by her. Something is going on with her. I don't know exactly what, but it's clear that Things aren't coming together for Bouquet. I don't know if she's been sick or if there's been some sort of issue anywhere, but things really aren't going her way. So for Peter to take bronze here is not bad, but as you said, she came here for more, and that she didn't get. Yeah, exactly, and I think I I fully agree with with you know the fact that it is an incredible achievement to to get a bronze medal, and especially if you consider that Leconte and and, and Prevost are ahead of you. Um, but just, I guess, the way the season went, you know, then the expectations also, you know, they, they get higher and higher, and, and at a certain point it was almost like, 
oh yeah, I mean the world's <laughs> we will get there and then it will it, it will be a victory for sure almost. You know, it was kind of that vibe how she entered that world championships and of course that's obviously not how her mind was but that was the mindset of the dutch media and 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 the entourage that was that was watching it uh but i guess you know in the end the 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 the, i wouldn't say the truth revealed itself but in the end the results are the results and provo was the best lecomte was second and peterson was a very very strong third and i guess from this result you can definitely build i think the preparation that she had was not the best for a very good world championship in my opinion i think that it was just i don't know the, the way she peaked towards it was not really it was not really a specific way to make sure that you're at your best at the worlds it was just make sure that you have a very good season i think that might have played a role because i'm quite sure that both lecomte and provo especially provo were thinking about the worlds from the start of the season and were you know dedicated to that goal and that was their main objective their first main objective of the season so i you know i think when you go from here now it's 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 going to be a diff, bit different i think the dynamic will s- swift a little bit and then you know towards the olympics as well then that is going to be a main goal and you know, that could it could definitely play out a little bit differently but you know a lot to learn i guess for peterson and the experience is also amazing, so I guess she can only take a lot of pluses from, from, from her achievement. Yeah, it's a good point that you raise about season planning. Season planning is super important, and Peterson came into the season knowing that she needed to prove herself throughout almost the entire season. She needed to prove that she was better than Anna Tauber and Fem van Empel. Maybe you could put in on a Terpsa there. Those were the four names truly in the mix for the two Olympic tickets. So she needed to be there in Nova Mesto. She couldn't just say, oh, well, I'll just rock up in peak form to Worlds and build completely towards that. So that definitely plays a role. So let's hope that the experience of her making her peaks even better in combination with dealing with the pressure because I recall even from the time in the youth categories when I raced against her she sometimes seemed to be struggling a bit with pressure I mean I never talked to her about it so I can't confirm that for sure but that was at least the impression I've had over all those years let's hope that she can work on those things she's had the two experiences now starting mountain bike worlds and cyclocross worlds as the top favorite or the second biggest favorite So let's hope that she can work on these things, find a couple of more percentage points over the winter, and then really rock up in prime form for that gold medal next year in Paris, because that would be badass if she could take that. One of the riders she will likely be facing there in Paris is Cata Blanca Fasch. She raced the U23 mountain bike world championships yesterday, and I was kind of surprised to see her at the start there, but once I thought about it, it actually makes sense. She's from Hungary, not really a country that scores a lot of points. She needed to qualify for the Olympics. Last time she ended fourth. I am guessing she wants to go again. So by racing U23, she made the decision which increased her chances of getting that spot. And she did. The race was not amazing. She ended fifth. And I guess I would have expected a little bit more. But on the other hand, it feels like she kind of came into that race cold. Not really prepped for the mountain bike just racing there for that olympic start quota which she got that was fairly decent and then she raced the 
road race today. That was pretty impressive. I mean, we've been talking about Fosh for a while. She had that very strong period in 2021, those four months when everything was going super for her. She won the Overijzer World Cup. She won the second to the silver medal in the U23 Road Race World Championships, fourth in the Tokyo Mountain Bike Olympics, fourth in the Lover Road World Championships, a lead that was, then a second place at the European Cyclocross Championships. But after that, it went downhill. But the signs were improving. She won a stage in the Giro Dawn. She won a stage in the Tour of Swiss. And now she claimed the U23 Road World title, which... In all fairness, it's a messy race because it's in the elite race, which is a joke, but the overall tendency, regardless of that title or not, has been that things have been improving this season for Vash because last season really wasn't it, both on the cross bike and the road bike. Yeah, I agree. I think that, you know, it was difficult times for, for Vash and especially with, with the um, results that she had booked before, it was looking also promising and i guess that you know um if you look at the results that that have been booked over the last two years it hasn't been amazing uh, there have been some highs but the highs you know weren't that high in a way um, and there were quite some 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 lows in it as well i think on average it wasn't the the potential you know the potential was definitely there but it never really got shown it was never really uh, seen in terms of results consistent i would say but you know that's for part has to do with the age the the transfer that has been made to sd works you know that also takes a little bit of time and i think that's probably the most important element in in with her career at the moment it's time you need you need a little bit of time to to get to a certain level and sometimes it takes a little bit more sometimes it's quite a bumpy ride and uh, it doesn't always go as smooth as you would expect but i think you know from the signs that we're picking up right now on the road and stuff it looked a little bit better and the mountain bike as well was you know not with a lot of preparation still finishing fifth i don't think it's a terrible result in a way um it could obviously have been better but overall, I think it was uh, a decent result. And yeah, I, you know, I hope that she can find the way uh, towards the potential that we were all seeing in her. Uh, and maybe she can unlock it in the next one to two years. Yeah, we're still not really at that level because after those months, we were thinking, whoa, this could really be the next all round superstar if she continues this next season in the spring classic she'll be fighting for wins podiums etc but it wasn't that good which honestly was a bit of a disappointment but i've said it a couple of times it's normal for a talent to have a setback you see it in cycling you see it in other sports i often follow darts a little bit you can call it a game whatever but it's still something that requires the mental presence to throw your darts and you see it pretty often there that there's a player that comes through without expectations does super well in a big tournament or at the world championships and then everything changes all of a sudden you're joining a big management you're dealing with pressure from yourself from media from sponsors from people around you you set expectations 
And then all of a sudden you're not free of mind anymore. You need to learn how to deal with this new mindset. And it's super often that the season after your breakthrough season, you have a setback. You're struggling to deal with all of this. All of a sudden, when you're in that team bus, they are saying, Kata, today you are our sprinter. The team is riding for you. You feel a moral obligation towards your teammates who've been working for you all day. That's super difficult to deal with. And especially at her age, she's just 21. I mean, she's turning 22 this year, if I recall correctly, but she's still super young. That's still a lot of progression to be made. I can't make a statement on this, but I can only make an educated guess. Blanca seems like a pretty vulnerable individual, at least based from the interviews, especially around Overijse. She seems like somebody that needs care, that struggles with these things. And just from what I've seen in the interview... The Blanca Vash we saw in the interview after the World Cup win in Overijse and the Blanca Vash we saw today, two completely different people. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that, but she looked much more secure, much more confident, just grown as a person, as an individual, knowing how to deal with this. I mean, Red Bull on her helmet now, talking about how she would have Despite being world champion, she would have liked to have a separate U23 race that she wasn't fully satisfied with the race in the race. It shows progression. Yeah, definitely. I think that that interview definitely showed the the progression that has been made, you know, in terms of confidence, you know, believing in yourself and, 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 and knowing kind of, those 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 small things of what you have to say in front of a camera i mean it's not easy uh i think that's that you know those things are 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 things that you can learn quite quickly but it takes time and you know there's quite a lot of things that you have to think about but in the end you know it's um it's a process and she's still very young uh, there's still some time and you know i think for the one that is you know having the supporting role it's definitely uh, important to you know know what the needs are of a rider and i think that the needs of vash might be a little bit different compared to some other riders i mean peterson for example in front of a camera is quite a natural but that is not something that you you know that every rider has as an as a standard package some need to work on that a little bit uh, and i think that you know like I said, I think within a year or two years, we might see a completely different Vash. And um, it's not a guarantee that we will see the potential that we have seen uh, years ago. But I think time will tell and we'll see how she will progress with, with SD Works and if that is going to be the way forward for her. Yeah, it will definitely be interesting. And to come back, the most important point she made in that interview was to have a separate race for U23. I think it's so important for their development because now they're up against the elites and it's nice that they award a world title, but let's be honest. Van Androoy and second there, she was completely dead in the sprint. She did work for Vollering, for Van Vleuten. She did part of the pacing earlier in the race. She couldn't race freely for her own chances. Of course, Fasch deserved that title. She was strong, was in the move early on, then came back, found her legs again in the second part of the race. But some riders weren't at the start who would have had a shot at the title. They were riding for others. It's just a mess and they deserve their own category. 
I would love to see that, but at the end of the day, it is what it is. If Fush takes a world title, I don't think that she will be sad about it in... Well, I don't think she'll be sad about it ever, simply because she has a rainbow jersey on the wall. Van Onderoy said she was actually surprised with Silver. She didn't race with the U23 race in her mind at all. Said that was a bit of a shame that she needed to work, but completely understands the reasoning and was happy that she was still one of the stronger U23s, but... In all honesty, they deserve better and they deserve more races to show the jersey because there's literally one U23 race, no two, the European Championships and now the Tour de l'Avenir for women, which is new, but they deserve better. Then before we go to the men's mountain bike, in case you missed it, Fem van Empel did not race the mountain biking worlds. She skipped it because she has given up on her charge to make the national team for Paris. She thinks that it's impossible for her to get that spot against Anna Terpsa and Puck Pietersen, which I think is a fair conclusion. She will be focusing on her cross season now and do road next year. So with that said, we can now talk about the men's mountain biking race. There was a lot of controversy before the start around the change in start rules because they moved up Pitcock and Van der Poel together with Sagan to the fourth row. They admitted to it that the reason was that they need to promote the sport of mountain bike and they need these actors for it. And I guess then the UCI can be somewhat satisfied with the result. Tom Pitcock taking the world title will say it's not a surprise to me. I think he's by far the best cross-country mountain biker in the world. Even if he would have started at the back, I think he would have made it. But that's irrelevant. He started where he started, made it to the front. Pace was pretty high in the first laps, especially due to Hatherley recovered a little bit in the wheels and then attacked with a few laps to go and made it to the finish with a broken gearing system at the back. He said his gears were jumping all over the place. So pretty impressive to then hold off a late charge by Samuel Gaze and Nino Schurder for the podium. Pretty impressive ride by him and he gets that world title. First mill rider to become the world champion both in cyclocross as mountain bike cross country in his career yeah crazy achievement and you know i i think that it was in a way he was a favorite and from what we have seen we know that he is someone that that you know can turn it up and 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 be at the front and and be as dominant as he was today in a way uh, obviously it was not the most dominant performance but he, from where he came from how he charged through the field it was impressive to see and um, I think in the end, you know, he, he he did what what he came for in a way. You know, he wanted to become world champion. He became world champion. Uh, the UCI should definitely be happy then, I guess, in a way. But um, yeah, I think that it was uh, it was truly a uh, very very strong uh, performance from him. And you know, I think in the end, uh, the way he did it, he he made it look easy how he charged through the field. It was uh, truly uh, yeah exceptional to to watch on the other hand we had macho van der poel who was racing to qualify himself for the olympics that became irrelevant when tom schellekens claimed a fifth place in the u23 race yesterday he by doing that claimed a wild card through the system which allocates two start quota spots for the first elite riders that finish or the country of the elite riders i must say that finish in the world championships both in the elite as u23 
categories. So that fifth place means that Van der Poel is 99% sure he can go to the Olympics. And he really needs to thank Tom because today at the end of the start loop on what he himself called the easiest corner of the entire course, he just slipped his front wheel on the loose gravel, crashed, looked to me like either too much speed or too much front brake at that high speed on the loose gravel. He himself called it a silly mistake. I think we can completely allocate that mistake to the rustiness. He said he hasn't been on the mountain bike a whole lot. The last time he did proper mountain bike training is over a year ago. He has, I think, done a bit of mountain bike riding in the winter just through the forest, but not at this speed. I think this was just a clear sign that he was rusty. When he comes into cross, you can usually see he's a bit rusty and makes a few mistakes. And this was also a mistake, but a very costly one. Yeah, I agree. I think it was... Um, I, <laughs> I could agree with him about the fact that it was probably one of the easier corners of the circuit. And especially, yeah, I think not even getting through the, the starting loop... You know, I, I guess he, he admitted himself as well. It was a mistake. It was a silly mistake, a mistake that you you know shouldn't really be making there. Uh, and that definitely has to do with, with being rusty on the bike because, sure, you know, he had that one week where he prepared himself a little bit and had a good feeling with the bike, but it's totally different when you're in a race, you know, you're fighting for position and trying to, to move up as quickly as possible. And um, that is that is just something totally different and almost something that you cannot really train uh so yeah a bit of a shame to to see how it, how it ended for him because it would have been um interesting to see what he was able to achieve um you know there were a lot of speculations about what he could achieve on this on this circuit but in the end he couldn't he couldn't really show that and he should be very thankful indeed for uh, uh the the placement that was um, created in the under 23 race because if it was uh, only up to him, it was not going to be possible. So, uh, yeah, I think that in the end, it, not everything is lost, but probably a very wise lesson for for, Tok for Paris, actually, uh, to, um, you know, get some more mountain bike races in before you actually show up in, in Paris. For sure. I don't know what his plans will be. The mountain bike race in Paris will be before the road race the mountain bike race is on tuesday the road race is on saturday i could see him do the double but i think he would need to properly prepare that mountain bike race he would need to do some racing some training he might need to skip the tour like pitcock did for tokyo i mean i think it's pitcock's main goal as well i'm sure they can figure out what's the best plan for him but we will need a very good Van der Poel to be able to beat Pitcock, assuming he's peaking for it. Because if we remember back to the 2021 season, at the start of that season, Van der Poel was beaten by Pitcock quite comfortably. And that was comfortably for Pitcock in Novo Mesto. In Alpstad, Van der Poel had some starting issues there, or some start-up issues. His start was fine. He ended 7th in that race. Not bad, but you will definitely need to do a bit of racing and figure out the way to get things going if he wants to be good there. He could, of course, say, well, I'm road world champion now, so why don't I just focus completely on the road race, which would be acceptable. The course is very good for him, but knowing from the pool, he likes a challenge. I would expect him to t try and take the double. What do you think? 
yeah, from from what I picked up after the race, it it looked to me like he is going to to go for definitely for the for the mountain bike uh, medal as well. I think that he 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 probably felt that he could have shown something that was not that he was not able to do, obviously. And I don't know. I think that he kind of, that he likes mountain bike as well. It's not something that he's you know where he's good at, but he doesn't really have the passion for compared to the road. I arguably think that he likes mountain bike more than the road. It might might end up being a decision made at the top instead of by himself. Maybe I I don't know. It's I see him do the double. So I see him do both the mountain bike and and the road in Paris and. Um, the question is then going to be how are you going to combine that with with the with the spring classics as well? You know how is your preparation going to be for the spring classics and then towards the mountain bike period? What are you going to do exactly? So maybe we're going to find out a little bit later this year or maybe even at the beginning of next year what his plans are. But uh, eventually he needs to you know to have a schedule and have an idea of what the plan exactly will be. And um, I. It's difficult to say if this really changed a lot, because at the end of the day, it's just a mistake in a race, and it, it you know, that's something that that can happen, especially with um, what we already said that, you know, how rusty he came into this race. It's just very difficult to <laughs> to be to make no mistakes whatsoever. So I guess in the end, you know, we just have to wait and see what what is what will be planned. But if I would give my opinion i would probably say that he's going to combine it and 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 try the combination of both mountain bike and road and focus or have both races as a goal in paris yeah i would expect the same and i think it's doable as long as you prepare beforehand this year van der poel chilled in the tour to prepare for worlds and it worked out really well for him I'm interested to see what he will do next year. Will he race the tour? Will he maybe only race the first week? Will he maybe race all three weeks as a sort of training again? Because the dates of the road race and mountain bike are a bit different now. Now there were two weeks between the finish of the tour and the road race in Glasgow. Next year there will be one week and two days between the finish of the tour and the mountain bike. That's a pretty short time frame to try and get a turnover in. So maybe he pulls out of the tour early. Maybe he figures a different way to get there. We don't know what the World Cup calendar will be like. So we'll just need to wait and see. And as you say, probably somewhere early next year we'll hear about his plans. For now his plans are just to do nothing on the road. He's only set to do the post-tour crit in Etendur, going to get some bag there for coming there as world champion. So at some point he will probably do a cross season because he said you will need to wait until cross to see me in my rainbow jersey. At least that's good news because after San Remo or before San Remo he said, well, maybe my best winter doesn't include cyclocross. Seems like he's doing cross, which is always a good sign for us cross fans. But let's talk about that road race a little bit. I rewatched the race. I was in the US, didn't watch it live. But when I rewatched it, I couldn't really believe what I was seeing. It was such a hard race, and then such an elite group of up front, like five time cyclocross champion winner, Machef van der Poel. He's won San Remo, Roubaix, two time Tour of Flanders winner. Wout van Aert, three time cyclocross world champion. Dali Pogacar, two time Tour de France champion. 
Mats Pedersen, one-time winner of the World Championships, on the road. The quality up front was just crazy. And then for Van der Poel to have something left in the tank at the end, it was just surreal to see the way that even after that crash, he just expanded the gap. He was obviously open doors here, the best on the day and deserved that victory. But it was crazy to see. The course was perfect for him with his short efforts all of the time. The cornering, the bit of rain making it a bit slippery, the constant acceleration. Enough has been said about the course, but it was just a phenomenal ride. I enjoyed watching that a lot. Just seeing his class and, well, there wasn't much tension in the last 30, 40 minutes, but it was good. Yeah, it, de it definitely was good. I mean, it was um, a performance that... Uh that you will remember for for quite some years and i think that especially the riders that were surrounded by that achievement as well with with the fanart with the pogachar it's just you know that it, that it, that is that is what you want to see at a worlds eh? the best riders having a crack at a at the rainbow jersey and i think uh, you know the circuit definitely delivered despite the critique that it had beforehand the race was super super hard from you know, after that uh, break of of of, uh, of protest that we had, from there on, Belgium just went full gas, and then the, the Danish riders took over. It was it was so hard when they went on the circuit. I don't think there was a single moment where they were really taking it easy. Every time it was one individual or two guys or again an attack, and it, yeah, it it was um, truly amazing to see how Van der Poel finished that off. Um, I think Van Aert had a very strong ride as well, but it just didn't have that oomph to really be able to follow Van der Poel and, and uh, stick with him. I think a very deserved second place. And um, yeah, I guess for him, again, the second place at a World Championship where Van der Poel is also uh, participating. So I think for him this season, he definitely wants to turn that around next year. For sure. It's, it's going to be hard for him to replicate this season. I mean... It's been super good. Sure, there was the critique in the tour that he didn't win a stage. And it was weird seeing a rider of such great such great status be just domesticing. Just almost looking like he was on a cycling holiday f through France for three weeks. Just leading out his mate Philips, uh, doing a bit of work here. They're going in a break there. He just seemed to be having fun. It was weird to see. But the preparation obviously worked for him. And if you then just look at his entire season, like he took the monument wins in San Remo and Roubaix, second in Flanders, second in E3. It's just been so good. And then taking the world title here, like he wins three out of the six biggest one-day races in the year. That's super impressive. I think he's the first rider to win San Remo, Roubaix and Worlds in a year. Of course, you're dependent on World's Parkhorses for that and stuff, but nevertheless, it still says something and it's going to be difficult to replicate that. But if there's one person that I can see replicate such a road season, it's Van der Poel. So I think it's also good that he's going to take a break from road now, have a bit of a longer rest now before he gets into the cross season. Apparently, he's doing European Championships gravel. I think that's more of a promotional thing. Golazzo organizes that. They will love to have him at the start there. Even if he doesn't really perform, it will be good marketing for them. And then I would expect him to start his cross season maybe a bit earlier than last year. Like 
somewhere in November. Maybe he does European Championships. I uh, actually I don't think so. I think it will just be somewhere mid-November that he gets the going and focuses on the rest. But yeah, it will be good. Hopefully, some battles this cross season against his rival or his nemesis, which I've heard a lot on the commentary, which is Wout van Aert. Second place in the road race, but unlike the second place he got in the TT when the national or the one worlds were in Belgium, he wasn't too disappointed with it this time. And honestly, I don't think he can be that disappointed here against Van der Poel. Not much he could do. I don't know if you look at the pictures on the podium, there was definitely some disappointment there, but. I think, you know, there is not much he could do about what happened uh, during the race. I mean, there was an attack. It was in front of him. Uh, he followed and then the legs were not able to, to answer. So then in the end, you're, you're, you know, you're beaten with fair and square. So there is not much you can then do and think about tactics and stuff because both of them were very, you know, were racing very openly and the during the entirety of the race, to be honest. You know, there were some moments where Van der Poel was staying a little bit easier and Van Aert maybe did a bit too much, but I think overall, in the end, it was a very fair uh, fight and Van der Poel came on top. Van Aert definitely had a very, very strong race, but was just not enough. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's difficult to, you know, to look at his season... Uh, be very critical yet you have to be critical because it's fan art because it's the guy that 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 everyone you know the kind of the 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 things that you expect from him are so high um and then you could arguably say that second place at the world championship is a disappointment in a way so it's you know it's a bit um i, I don't know what to think of fan art's season um, I think there it has been a very good season, great season actually, but it's just some places it was just just not enough. It feels insane that he only has two wins because he's been there all season and you've seen him on your TV or live stream all season, and yet he's only won twice despite him featuring everywhere at every time. I would say that in terms of wins, the season is indeed you could claim it's pretty disappointing. No big big wins in the classic season always somebody stronger that puncture in Roubaix not amazing in Tour of Flanders when he needed to let Pogacar and Van der Poel go on the Kruisberg everything together I think it just didn't go his way but it's still a very good rider the problem is just that Van der Poel is 1% better at almost everything he puts as a priority and the tour he didn't have the luck he didn't win a stage came close in san sebastian but it wasn't it but nevertheless sure there was the disappointment here you, he came to win but at the same time he didn't have the same preparation as van der poel van der poel used the tour as like some elite training camp van Aert was working for fingergaard he was working for his own stage wins he became a dad. I can't imagine that that's great for your sleeping schedule. All things added, I don't think he had the perfect preparation, which is okay, it can happen. Um, but at the same time, 
it puts, as you say, in a difficult position. How would you judge his road season? It's not over yet. He's going to be doing some more road races. But it makes it indeed pretty difficult to judge it. Would I say his season has been disappointing? I think it's easy to call a season disappointing if you don't win a monument, don't win a bunch of stages in the Tour, don't become world champion. It's easy to say it's disappointing, but is it really disappointing if you look at how many times he's been second and third? Depends. I guess you just look at his own words. It's like, I didn't really think about it. Will a world title TT save my season? He didn't. He recovers the best from all the riders that did the road race. The road race was cruel. It was difficult. He ends fifth, which is by far the best. If you look where Pogacar ends, if you look where Kung ends, both riders that featured in the final of the road race, far behind Van Aert. But again, no podium, no title. Does that make it bad? No, I think you can be satisfied. It's like a good season, but the cherry on the top of his season is missing. And for a rider of his level, it then becomes easy to say disappointment when it's been a pretty good season overall. Then there have been some youth riders this World Championships that have done super well, also involved in cross. One of them was Isabella Holmgren. She is the Junior Women's World Champion Cyclocross. She also claimed the Mountain Bike Junior World title. She did that in front of her country mate, not her sister this time, but it was pretty funny to see a 1-2 both in the Mountain Bike Junior Worlds for Canada as Cyclocross Junior Worlds earlier this year in Hogerheide. Ian Acker took a bronze medal on the men's junior race. Great to see, friend of the Cyclocross Social Instagram account. Great to see him up there. Then, of course, Julie Bigot, who took the title in the junior women's road race. That top 10 was filled with cross riders. Kat Ferguson up there as well on the podium, also a cross rider. That was pretty fun to see. Can't go without mentioning the junior men's road and mountain bike world champion, Albert Philipson. He ended in the top 10 at Cyclocross Worlds in Hogerheide as well. I will say about these youth races, it's very fun and stuff, but let's not put too much pressure on these children. Philipson is already being labeled the next Van der Poel, the next Pitcock. Let's calm ourselves down. Sure, it's very impressive what he does, but he is a junior. I have seen many juniors come, being hyped and go. Simon Andreasen became junior cyclocross world champion in Tabor. He claimed the double with the mountain bike title. He was hyped as the next big thing. And ultimately, he races mountain bike now. Sure, he has that short track win in Novomesto 2020. He's not being bad, but it's also not close to being a dominant factor at the head of races. It's at least compared to the hype which was created after that junior double, pretty disappointing and that's something that happens to a lot of these guys so this guy could well and truly be the next big thing but he could also still completely fall back and just be a decent rider in the future let's not put too much pressure on these children i'm sure it's already difficult enough to combine riding so hard training racing traveling with school a social life developing yourself as a character as a human being so let's not brand these people with the stamp next Van der Poel, next Pitcock. They don't deserve that. Then we can't go without mentioning 
the stage win of Yara Kastelein in the Tour de France Farm from the break. Shame to see her miss the KOM jersey or QOM jersey. I don't know which branding name they are holding from the top of my head, but great stage win there from the break. From the break was very fun to see and great to see her take a win. Finally, a big win. It was her first pro win on the road, so that was nice to see. Hope to see her back in cross the season. Her past cross season was pretty unlucky, but good to see her finally land a big victory. Then to end this podcast, Isam, cross is coming next week, the first races. How excited are you for the national championships of Australia, New Zealand and Chile? I have to say, when you when you told me, I was a bit shocked, to be honest. But uh, cross is coming indeed. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not really excited, I can't lie, uh, in a way. But I definitely will follow the results and see what comes out of it. I don't think there's any broadcast or something, but um, yeah. Slowly but surely, we are getting back into cross season, and um, I have to say, for the regular cross season, I'm definitely, definitely, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see who made a step forward and who, um, you know, he improved, who capitalizes on the form that they had last season. So I think there is definitely a lot to look forward to in terms of um, what we can um, be able to to see in in the cyclocross season. I am getting pretty excited already for cross. When I was in the US, I attended the Euro Cross Academy summer camp in Montana. It was super fun. Thanks for having me, Jeff, if you're listening to this one. I really enjoyed it a lot. It was great working with so many athletes that were so eager to learn everything about cross. It really got me in the mood for cross. And yeah, as you said, unfortunately, no broadcast next week. So cross is truly starting in about a month time when... It gets underway in the UK with the Hope Cross Series, but it will really get underway for us when the American races are starting. We will be covering the USCX Series this year on the podcast with an episode on Monday about the entire weekend of racing. That will be because the Belgian season is starting super late. It's starting in the second weekend of October with Beringen due to a number of exact cross races in the early season not taking place this year for various reasons. So we'll be back. Isam, any hot takes or uh, will you save them for a bit later because it's still pretty early? I will save them up for the preseason. <laughs> still have to think about it, but uh, for now... I still have to uh, get myself into a, a cross mind. So um, uh, with time, the bold predictions will come. Then thank you for being here, Isam. It was great to talk about the road racing. It's kind of marking the end of the season. It's just the Vuelta left from now on. And of course, the Lombardia, but not really for the cross riders. Focus shifts to the cross season and it's going to be great. Once again, thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. It was a pleasure again. Thanks, everyone, for listening. This marks the end of our road season coverage, most likely, unless something surprising happens in the upcoming weeks. The next time you'll hear from us is in advance of the cyclocross season with our cyclocross season preview podcast. And as said, first race podcast of the season will be about the GoCross in Virginia. See you guys then. Thanks for listening and goodbye. Have a great day.